Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. What a topic. So we're talking about where are the tightest two men and women? I'm so excited to do this topic. (laughs) Kind of a mysterious title. Kind of, but kind of not. I'm sure when we say that, people go, amen, where are they? (laughs) Where are they? I've been looking for one. No. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I get a lot of messages from women who are like, how would you say I go about finding a mentor? I've asked a couple people and they've turned me down. Yeah. And a lot of times, if you're not used to reading the word of God, you might think of Titus 2 only in reference to women. Right. But actually, it's first starts, starts with out men. to men. That's so, right. And we'll be covering Titus 1 and 2 if you want to get your Bibles. If you're driving, do not get your Bibles. And that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> no You can problem. always go to CourageousParenting.com and look at the notes later. And all go of the that scripture. stuff. Yes. And by the way, at CourageousParenting.com, also make sure if you haven't already, get the free workshop. It's about 30 minutes or so. And it's six keys to being a courageous parent. Really rock solid stuff. Over 2000 people have registered for that workshop. For the courageous parenting workshop? Yeah. How do they find it on the website, Isaac? So you go to courageousparenting.com. You hit the little menu, hamburger on the top and hit podcast. Did you just say hamburger? Yeah, that's what the three lines are. That's what's referred to. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Hamburger menu. Okay, hit that and hit podcast and then hit the recent podcast or any of them actually. It's yeah. in all of them, which is a big image free workshop. Courageous so if they parenting click workshop. on the image, will it take them to the workshop? It'll take them to a page where they can sign Register. up for it. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. The other thing that we always want to remind you guys of is if you sign up on our mailing list, you can get that free one night date date night sheet. Yeah. And that's a little pop up appears at CourageousParenting.com and you can sign up there. Also within the show notes, there's always a little form. You might have to scroll down and find it, but a little form where you can sign up for that too. That's right. And that's our thank you for being part of the mailing list. We only send one email a week, sometimes two in a rare occasion. Right. Uh, but, and we always try and give value in. There's in, always a tip in the in email bi- emails, yeah. and a link to something. Sometimes there's a discount. Just like to keep if we've collaborated, in. you guys, it's just been really cool because we've had companies that have reached out to us, Yeah, but we've actually done more of the reaching out because we've used so many different resources over the years. As you guys know, we try to share certain resources in a podcast so that you can get more help. Um, We don't claim to know it all. We've been blessed by a lot of different ministries over the years. And so um, what's cool is that we share a bunch of those resources in the parenting mentor program, but sometimes we get to collaborate with those ministries and give you guys discounts to things. So we share those in the emails. Yeah. So what is a Titus to man or woman? Okay. So we're going to dive in here. Well, just a little. We'll dive in in a second, yeah. but just give us a sense for it. For what is a Titus two person? So you know, the concept of Titus two—that is a—that's what a lot of people call 
an older person that is mentoring them or discipling them, right? Mm -hmm. Which I said, or there for a reason, because there is a difference between like worldly mentoring or worldly coaching Mm -hmm. and and discipleship, Mm -hmm. right? And the Great Commission calls us all to make disciples of all nations, right? And we know that that first starts in the home by training up a child in the way they should go. We know that that is part of the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you get older, God also commands you within the body of Christ, within his family, to not just disciple and raise up your own kids, but he wants all his kids to be disciples. And this is really important because if you're not doing the right things when you're younger, Mm -hmm. you will not be equipped to or even qualify, and we'll go over those a little later, to be a Titus to, to mentor or right. woman exactly mentor. yeah and so titus 2 is referring to the passage of scripture in titus chapter 2 we're going to look at one and two a little bit yeah. through this podcast um that is talking about the older men teaching the younger men and the older women in the church teaching the younger women in the church and there's specific things that they're supposed to be teaching them yeah um and so we're going to dive into scripture talking about that in a few minutes but the what we wanted to encourage you with is that well, this is really an exhortation of a podcast, isn't it, Isaac? Mm. Because we really are going, hey, where are the Titus two men and women that are teaching the younger? Well, and we're going to talk about where, why there's a lacking of them. Right. We're going to talk about what to look for, how to secure one, and areas of focus once you have one together. That's right. Have that relationship right. together. And truly, like... God should not be compartmentalized only into um, one area of our life, right? So we were talking about the difference for a second between like worldly mentoring versus like discipleship. Yeah. And discipleship, Jesus walked with his disciples, right? Mm-hmm. He walked with them. They were living with him, yeah. actually. So he was discipling them in the way of Christian living and everything he was doing, which is really what yeah. discipleship is. Now, Titus 2, men and women aren't going to go, oh, hey, come and bring your kids and live with me so right. I can disciple you. That's not really going to be logistically happening right but my point is that it's not just in how to read the bible or study the bible although that is important Mm -hmm. it's in every area of life so we'll get into that um and just a big point of this episode that should be glaring to all of us which is in the age of google googling things in the internet in the phone um and apps and podcasts and all this stuff. Books. Books where it's so easily available and free for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing replaces human interaction. And so if you only get your information through the digital or the physical book, not that that stuff's bad, it's good. But if that's all you're getting, you're gonna feel one, very lonely, and yep. two, you're gonna miss out on the other aspects that can only have of fruitfulness that only happen mm-hmm. through a real human like, relationship. Do you get accountability from listening to our podcast? Mm-mm. No, I mean, you may be going, Well, yeah, I do because you bring up things that I need to change, and that aspect of like pointing out things potentially, right? Like if you yeah. listen and you're convicted on something, praise God, that's the Holy Spirit using whatever right and that's exciting but are we able to follow up and go hey so excuse me how are you doing at cherishing your wife or how are you doing at you know serving your husband or like you and i can't do that we can't do that to the thousands of people that are listening and if you've listened to a bunch of the episodes and your implementation is low compared to how much you've learned i first of all don't feel bad about that necessarily because if this is encouraging to you keep it going but 
you will get more things actually implemented in your life if you're running the race with someone that's already been down the path you want to go. That's right. But that's okay. But you just said a key phrase, the path you want to go. Now, can someone have made mistakes and gotten divorced even and still be okay to be a Titus II man or woman later in life? They can. A God can redeem anything. For sure. And you can learn from their mistakes as long as they are under the doctrine in biblical They're truth. teaching sound doctrine. That yeah. you're aligned with. Yeah. I will say that that I one of one of my mentors had been divorced mm-hmm. and she, but she had such a humble heart posture that she was like don't make the mistakes I made and she was very like Godly honest woman. about those things and so and God had gotten a hold of her and and she became a new creation and it like it was just beautiful though where her humble post- heart posture was and which is a key thing that you're going to hear throughout this podcast and I'm saying it now even though it's at the bottom of our notes because mm-hmm. it is crucial that both people have a humble heart posture otherwise yeah. it just won't work right being so, in relationship with someone oh, yeah. for the purpose of learning from them isn't oh, going to yeah. work unless you have a humble heart posture right being in a position of teaching someone isn't going to be profitable for that person unless you have a humble heart posture and you're willing to share your mistakes right so let's go into the first key here, why there is a lacking of these yes. people or they're hard to find or you don't know who they are. Okay, you guys have walked into the churches before and you look around and they're all maybe younger people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like, where are the people that are 40 plus up mm-hmm. years old, 50s, 60s, 70s? I mean, hopefully there are healthy 80 year olds too, yeah. right? That are purposefully wanting to serve God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they have a great commission mindset and they recognize God has me in America. God has me in this church. I'm supposed to be serving. But here's the main thing that I've seen, Isaac, is this like concept of I'm done. I already raised my kids. I already served in the mom's group. I already served in the Sunday school when my kids were young. Mm. Now it's my turn to relax or retirement, I guess. Uh, there, There is this like unspoken idea of retirement in the church. Yeah. I actually believe that that's a problem. Yeah. So it's, it's the difference of being walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit, paying attention to what Christ commanded us to do, which is to disciple mm. others and you know, further the 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 kingdom of God is right. the Great Commission. So we're a hundred percent supposed to do that and, and finish the race. When is the race finished? When we're fifty five? No, when we go to heaven. That's right. I mean, and even if you don't have like, so when you're getting older, like of course there's people who have like dementia or Alzheimer's, and they're maybe in an assisted living home or whatever. God still has a purpose for them, and if they know God, like. They they can still be living on purpose where they're at, mm-hmm. um, Lord willing, and that can be a hard situation. But but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like the 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 people who they're empty nesters, right? Yeah. Like, what is the dream? Once you're an empty nester, do you just go, okay, now my shift should be? I am excited to be pouring more into the young moms in the church or yeah. young dads in the church because if you're if that's not a vision of yours. I would just ask you to read through Titus because that's actually something he's calling people to do. Yeah. It's part of how God designed his family to work. So another reason why this is lacking is ageism. 
Yeah, ageism is really big in the school system, but it's also really big in the church, separating people. And you think probably at first you think of kids. Yeah, well, they're mm-hmm. separated, not only just in youth group. If it's a bigger church, they're, all the ages are separated, Right, it's like two-year-olds in this room, three-year-olds okay. in this room, four-year-olds. So, so you're yeah. training up an, a generation to believe Be that they should only talk to people their age or one year older, yeah. basically. And, and make fun of potentially people who are younger than them. Or right, older. like that happens, and, or older. Or older, yeah. yeah. And we've even seen it in a bigger church where the older people were segregated. They had Sunday school classes. By- it was just, it was literally just a huge Sunday school classroom that was all the older people, and then like the family people, and then like young marrieds, and then college ages. And, and I'm not saying that it's kind of like our perspective on youth group, like certain things can be additive, but if the church doesn't have a way for people to actually be integrated in each other's lives, it can be potentially very harmful. What you usually see in church situations like that is that then they have to start another program. Because yeah. they started that program, they have to create another program called the mentoring program. Yeah. And so nothing is an organic like, oh, I see fruit in your life and I'd like to ask you to mentor me. No, it's like you have to sign up and then okay, the, we'll give you, you a mentor. pray really no. hard because it's a lottery of who you're going to get. That doesn't work. It, doesn't work. <laughs> it rarely to. works very well, yes. right? You probably can have some stories about that. So we have ageism. We have a lack of people even having the vision for doing that in their retirement. How about just the culture of church in America, which is kind of a drive-through mentality. Now, we're making some yeah. generalizations. This is not true about all churches. No. And or, the church at large, we love. It's the bride of Christ. Yes. Absolutely. But there is in America a mentality of just going on Sundays and not really being in each other's lives at a level where we can sharpen each other. That's true. I mean, it's an individualistic, independent spirit. Yeah. It's American. And so you put your best foot forward on Sunday and then you feel lonely Monday through Saturday. Right. I mean, that's what we hear a lot. Right. It's not absolute, but we hear a lot of that and it doesn't have to be that way. And then you complain in the week when you're lonely to your husband. I mean, I was there for a couple (laughs) years. I'll be honest. Yeah. There were a couple years where we were like part of a big church and I was a part of a lot of ministries, a lot of Bible studies. There were older women in my life. But I didn't have a close, close relationship with them where they were checking in with me during the week or I was checking in with them. Yeah. And that was in between having a mentor and mm-hmm. not having a mentor. And it was super lonely for me. What's crazy though, Isaac, I- I'm going to share this because I I want you to be encouraged that there are Titus II women out there. There are people, and actually there are people out there that don't know what it means to be a Titus II Mm-hmm. woman or man but if you were to ask them if you were to just ask them they would probably be so honored that they'd be like oh yeah we can meet and then they're going to mutually benefit from the relationship mm-hmm. and i can tell you that there's probably only been about six years of the last 25 years of my life where i haven't had a mentor that i was meeting with on a regular basis yeah like that's how how active and how purposeful, but that is actually a sign of how purposeful I have been as the younger woman pursuing older people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, that's part of it too. You got to pursue. That's super important. But um, also there's just a lack of young people valuing older people, partly because yeah. of that ageism. And it is, are the older people with wisdom going to want to work and spend time with younger people if there's a lack of value? Right. Like, do they see it as an investment? And do the younger people see the older people as a value? 
valuable. As, as value. And if we understand biblical truth, mm-hmm. we'll just look at the before Titus 2 in the Bible, which is Titus 1, 5. It says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Why am I talking about elders? Well, because people, whether they're elders or not, you want to seek out people that have the qualifications. Right, because after this in chapter two, it goes into the older men teaching the younger. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that these two chapters are literally rubbing right up next totally. to each other. Yeah. Because it tells you what you should be looking for, yeah. actually. If you want to be elder qualified when you're older, wouldn't you want to be mentored by an elder? Which is the second point here as we're about to read this, which is fruit matters. Right. Look for the fruit. You know that. You read that many places mm-hmm. in the Bible. By the fruit, yeah. you can tell who's a believer, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to look for not just salvation fruit, but fruit of what? Marriage. Right. Fruit of kids who are obedient mm-hmm. and believing. Right. That um, their family life is in. Well, let's read it. Yeah. Let's just read it here. So it says, if a man is blameless, husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop, bishop in the Bible also means elder, must be blameless, as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine. Doesn't mean they can't drink, but just not given to it. Not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good. Sober-minded, can think through things in a sober-minded way, unbiased way. Just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he's been taught. So doctrine is incredibly important, being sound doctrine, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So this is interesting because in here it says, so that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and convict those who contradict, which is interesting because a lot of times people are like, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's convicting me. And that's true. The Holy Spirit does do that, does convict us at times. But this is actually showing an importance for an elder having the ability, using sound doctrine to exhort someone and convict them, to literally say, you're not living in righteous living. You're not living biblically here. So there's a form of accountability. And that word, exhort, is actually the exact same word that is used in Titus 2 when it's talking about the older men teaching the younger men. It doesn't say teach like it says to the women. Mm -hmm. It says the older women will teach the younger women, which we'll get into, but it uses the word exhort just like it does here for elders. There we go. So it's powerful. The other thing I wanted to point out here that you read in verse 5, the very first verse, it says that Paul... He's telling Titus, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. It was lacking even in Crete Yeah. when the Bible was, when Paul wrote this letter. Yeah. So thousands of years ago, this was an issue because it was written about. Yeah. Actually, that's something that we need to keep in mind whenever we're reading scripture is that If it's written about in the word of God to a church, then it's written in the word of God because it was an issue there then. Yeah. It's, I mean, you see what I'm saying? And so this is not a new problem Mm -mm. that elders are, that there's a lack of elders. And we'll call it mentors in this case. Or mentors or Titus 2 men and women. And asking to help you. Totally. And the only reason why we're calling them Titus 2 men and women is because it's in the book of Titus. They're not actually called Titus 2 men. They're not called Titus 2 women. It's just in the book of Titus. Yeah. Mentors who know how to disciple you. That's the key distinction. Right. And so as we look at qualifications, because fruit matters, you're looking for people who are qualified. So when it comes to women looking for a qualif- another qualified lady, mm-hmm. what are they looking for? 
Well, the Bible tells us, says here. Um, so maybe you want to, do you want to read the first part since it's talking sure. to both of us in verse one of Let's chapter two? Let's do it together. Two? Okay. okay. So Titus two here. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they, ad- so my translation, which is New King James says, admonish mm-hmm. the young women. King James says, teach. So teach the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, to be homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, not to other people's husbands, to mm-hmm. their own husbands, mm-hmm. that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So what's interesting, if you guys are into context of scripture and like paying attention to grammar, that whole first paragraph, verse one through five is one long sentence. Yeah. So the very first verse that's saying, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, it's talking to both the older men and the older women, which implies included, yeah. that both older men and older women should be teaching the younger men and the younger women, Yeah, which is interesting because sometimes like there's a charge in scripture for husbands to wash their wives with the word. Right. And sometimes people take that and they go, oh, well, that's my job. They shouldn't be learning the Bible anywhere else. And this passage of scripture actually is the argument against that heaven forbid if you only learn the bible when i was teaching you that would be a disastrous situation because by both happening it's incredible right i mean you have totally studied the bible on your own over and over and over again for many 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 years even before i met you Mm-hmm. And so I just think that men, we don't want to lord over our wives and think so highly of our position that that they only know what you've taught them. <laughs> that is no, but lacking I, fruit, right? But I think that this is important because this is actually this isn't our opinion. Yeah. This is God's word. It's one sentence. There's a semi, so there's a colon, and then there's a semicolon in between what's telling the older men to do and the older women to do. Yeah, and it's including that they both teach sound doctrine and then it goes into specifically what men are to do and specifically what women are to do and to teach on. And it's interesting that it uses the word admonish or teach to mm-hmm. women because then you're going to continue in verse six. It says, likewise, exhort, the key word there, the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, love that word, like nobody can corrupt me, mm-hmm. uh, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. There will be opponents. There will. I mean, the Bible talks about- But if you leave them nothing evil yeah. to say, then they, they look just foolish. look foolish. Yeah. Amen. So exhorting, maybe mm-hmm. it's because, you know, guys need correction. <laughs> Women do too. I mean, yeah. but- but it's just interesting that there is. Uh, I know I do. Yeah, I mean, I just, I've had mentors uh, my whole Christian life, thanks, uh, starting in you, year Lord. two of being yes. a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, because I became a believer at age twenty-three. Well, even right away, and you're meeting with Pastor Dave too. I mean, he was a great man of God oh, as that's well. True. So right yeah. away, you actually had Very a lot of older men speaking into your life. Yeah. And I think that that's part of it, right? Though that. If you have older people in your life, what is that a fruit of? Yeah. Of a humility to be willing to learn. So if you're around leaders who are not willing to learn from other people, that's a dangerous place to be. Because then the 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 
plateau of their growth depends upon them. I have a funny story. I was really passionate about men mentoring other men at one time. We were at this church and <laughs> and I was coming in and it's like every 16 years and ago. every time I'd yeah. come in and, and I go to a, a guy my age or older and I go, "Hey, who's mentoring you?" Hey, who's I mentoring you? I remember that. And, and pretty soon like the next week someone like would come up a couple hundred the next week someone would come up and go, Hey, I got my mentor. I asked so-and-so. Hey, I got my mentor. And I just kept asking this question. I love it. And pretty soon I was with a couple older gentlemen, older than me now. They must have been in their 60s at the time. And one of them comes up to me that I was having this conversation with. He goes, I found my mentor. And he was all excited. And it was this like 85-year-old man. That he found, yes. And the other old guy sitting there. I can say old because I'm old too. All right. <laughs> um, uh, goes, Where'd you find a mentor? In the funeral home? <laughs> and I'm like, what a discouragement. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I thought that in my head, how sinful of me. But anyways, um, it's yeah. it's so important that we all should be having somebody speak in our lives. Accountability is so important. Right. So here's the other thing, though. Why is there a lacking? We're still, there's still one one area that we didn't talk about, which is worthiness. Mm -hmm. And we just went over this list of qualifications, but sometimes people don't feel like they're worthy to be a mentor. Oh yeah, that's a big problem. And so I think that sometimes, like I think that you know, the younger generation, like I have to remind myself that sometimes maybe the reason why the older women are not eagerly pursuing me in friendship is because they don't feel like they're worthy. Mm. And I know that, I, I mean, I was honored to be able to team up with an older sister in the Lord to start a mentoring program at a church. And we started out by meeting with all of the older women. And we ha asked them a question. Like I was there as the young woman. I was 25 mm -hmm. at the time. And I was there to be an inspiration to the younger women to be humble and to ask for a mentor and to value the older women. But I ended up also being like, the person that was saying, we want to hear from you because all of the older women didn't think that women my age at the time wanted to hear from them. Yeah. And this was before social media. Yeah. This was before like Google. And so, which is, you brought that up at the beginning of the podcast. And there is, you know, a lot of women who, when they have a question about something, they just Google it. Right. And that actually is a detriment to relationship building. Because if you were to go to the older woman and ask her, for instance, how to can versus trying to go slowly scroll through a blog post of learning how to can while your kids are asking you questions and they're not having fun and you're like, don't interrupt me. I'm trying to read this so I can do this. Like, how stressful is that? Why don't you just have an older woman over? Yeah. And then have fun and have worship music in the background and build a relationship. And what you're saying is not that you can't Google things. It's just that if you don't have that mentor relationship there, and you're only Googling it, you're just missing out on the fruitfulness of these God-ordained relationships. It's, and it's like, imagine being the older woman. So if you're a younger woman for a minute. I think people I are like, okay, tell me how, tell me how. I want, I want <laughs> them to imagine how it would feel being older yeah. and not having anyone younger wanting to learn from you. You've just lived your life, you've learned all these lessons, and you feel like no one wants to learn from you in your church. Either it's a lie, or part of it might be true because of how you've lived your life up until that point. Yes, or because you have all these young moms that are wanting to Google it. It could be three things, yeah. right? The young mom's not valuing the older women or the older women thinking they're not worthy or 
that there's just a miscommunication. They're believing a lie from the devil. And the, the number one key is do we un, do we read the word of God to deeply understand it? Mm-hmm. And are we walking strong with God? If we're not doing that in our younger years, mm-hmm. why would someone want us to you know, disi- be, disciple them when you're older? Right. Why would they want your help when you're older? We're going to take just a moment to hear from a family that recently went through the Parenting Mentor Program, and it's really transformed their parenting, and it will transform their future legacy. We're hearing so many powerful testimonials and reviews of people going through the program. You can always go to CourageousParenting.com if you want to learn more about it. Here they are. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So this is the thing, like biblically, guys, this is not just for the younger people to be held accountable and to be taught things. This is also good for the older people. Don't you think older people need to have a purpose in their life? Well, that 85-year-old, he told me, the younger guy said, he needed this. He was so ecstatic when I asked him. See, like you just don't know what that's going to actually do for that yeah. older person to give them the purpose. Like that's their contribution to the Great Commission Amen. is to be able to pour into the generation that's just behind them. And so this is God's idea. This is not Isaac and Angie's idea. It's here in Titus 2. And it's something that we're supposed to be walking in in biblical community together. Yeah. So if you don't have older people in your life that you can't go, oh, maybe I should ask him or maybe I should ask her, then I would just say maybe you need to step out of that community a little bit, look around you and see who God has naturally placed in your life. Like, are you blessed to come from a Christian family? Mm -hmm. Do you have a grandparent? Because I just want to share briefly, when I was a little girl, I was raised by my great grandma. She um, helped my family a lot because my mom worked full time for the church. And during the summer, she would watch me and my brother when we weren't in school. Mm -hmm. And I remember by the time I was 11, I was frustrated with my grandma. I wasn't taught this passage of scripture and I would complain to my mom on the way home from great grandma's house. Oh, she likes Tim better. Oh, she likes my brother better. She makes me do this. She makes me do that. And it was all these things that are skills that women today complain about not having learned from their moms, right? Like canning, washing things, all the cooking, those kinds of things. I was complaining about that. And in reality, what my great grandma was doing because she was born in 1914 was just teaching the next generation because that's what had always been done. And if I would have had that perspective of, wow, she's a Titus, she's teaching me, she's doing Titus too. If I would have known that, it would have probably changed the way I related to her. 
And I just think that there is a need for us as women to go, this is actually something God calls us to. It's actually a headship. Mm -hmm. There's an order here. God is putting accountability in our lives, but he's also putting purpose in the older people's lives. So let's talk about how to secure a mentor. And people are dying to know how to do this. Okay. The first and foremost, the most important thing is to pray about it. Um, if you are not inviting God into this, then you're in your flesh making decisions that are incredibly important decisions. We tell our older kids all the time, the decisions you make, like our teenagers and even, you know, Kelsey, who's in college, mm -hmm. if you make all these important decisions about your life at this age in your flesh, it is mm -hmm. so um, much better if you're in the spirit because these are hinges to your life in your life direction. Well, don't you think if you're going to allow someone to speak into your life, that's a pretty important thing. So we've got to be including God in this. We've got to ask God and ask in faith. We don't want to be double-minded like it talks about in James, mm -hmm. where we ask, but we don't really believe what we're asking for. Right. You have to totally believe God's going to plop someone in your path. And it might look a little different than you expected. Right. That's why I was just challenging you to look around your life. Has God already put somebody in your life, like a grandparent mm -hmm. or a mother-in-law that maybe you maybe don't have the closest relationship with, but maybe that's more because your heart posture is that you're trying to prove yourself to her versus being willing to learn from her, Yeah, right? Because there are things that you can all learn from each other. And so I just, I think that sometimes we need to look outside of what we are ideal. Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to Titus 2 mentoring relationships, sometimes people have like a ideal idea right they're like oh i want sally clarkson to mentor me i want this perfect person on the internet <laughs> to uh, be my to mentor, be mentor. and anybody know, less than that's not you, good enough do you know if somebody consistently writes really good posts every single day it doesn't necessarily mean their life is like their posts right it's true so you have to know when you're asking someone to mm -hmm. mentor you you actually have to know how do you know if someone has good fruit you have to be around. You have to be around them. So that's the thing is that like that. I, this is actually part of why I love doing ministry with you because people get to witness how we interact in our marriage and talking about issues, and so they know that like they can tell that our marriage is solid and thriving, right? Mm. Because there are a lot of women out there, for example, that could be teaching on marriage, but their marriage is not actually a biblical marriage, right? Like maybe they're the spiritual leader in their home or something, right? They're teaching what they want to have exist in their own life. Because anybody can read the Bible and go, oh, yeah, they're supposed to be t Titus two men and women doing it, but are they living it? Are they actually pouring into the generation that's behind them, right? Yeah. And are they humble enough to be in a posture of learning from those that are older than them? And it really, what it comes down to is both have to have a humble heart. So when you're praying, pray for humility. And God might actually, when when you ask for humility, that's like a that's that could be scary because he may want you to actually be discipled by your mother-in-law. And the second tip is you need to ask. There could be somebody seeing you. Wow, I really feel like the spirit, and this is usually the case, by the way. Yeah. I really feel like the spirit is telling me to help this person. But they're not going to ask you. In fact, they shouldn't. It's, it is vital that the person, the younger person, asks the older, the, the yeah. older person to mentor them very clearly. Right. I mean, we put it this way. So when people invest yeah. like financially in um, a program, 
or in a book, mm -hmm. they're more likely to read it than if they got that book for free. Yeah. Right? And so it's the, it's the same kind of thing. If you are willing to humble yourself and ask the person, that is your initial investment in that relationship. Yeah. For me, I'm. I mean, how awkward would it be to be the older person going, you know what? I think I need to mentor you. Now, yep, I can teach you a lot. My That's first, just really cocky. My first mentor <laughs> that I really that I actually asked and is really in this kind of dynamic we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, he he is still a mentor of mine, but we met regularly for a dozen years. The dozen most important years when I had my first kids and they were mm -hmm. young, right, and newly married and all this stuff. Yeah, and a new Christian. First ten and, years. Yeah. yeah. So and we met regularly and we're still in contact and love each other today. And uh, I asked him, and he said yes right away. And he told me, he looked at me and he goes, you know, God has been telling me that I should mentor you, but I just want you to know I was never going to let you know that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you had the courage to ask me. Yeah. Because he was somebody that was leading in the church and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and everybody and wanted this time. And sometimes people will not yeah. ask that person because they think they're too busy. Yeah. So I just want to say you don't know, actually, and you just need to ask if you feel like God's prompting you to. <laughs> You just need to ask. And if they say no, it's okay. Be praying because there's somebody else. But the point is, is it is the younger person's responsibility to ask the older person yeah. because you need to be asking them and giving them permission to do what the Bible's telling them to do, which is to admonish, teach, and exhort. So that's very important. And, and I think this comes easier. I don't know for sure, but I sense that it comes easier for women to actually ask for accountability. And I think it's harder for men to do. I might be wrong, no. but I think it is. And, and well, it's a much more popular thing. It's talked about in the Christian church all the time. There's women's ministries that are mentoring ministries, but it's very rare that you see that in the men's ministry. Yeah. You know what I actually think? Mm. Remember that podcast we did on how a wife can encourage the spiritual growth in her husband, mm. where I shared that there is a um, high, it's like a hypocritical standard that we set as women if we're not willing to give our husbands time to study the word, yet we expect them to lead family Bible time or yeah. be the spiritual leader. Yeah. And so I was, I was challenging the women to make time for their husbands to spend in the word without their husband feeling guilty that they're doing it. Sure. Well, it's the same thing for this. Women need to actually make room for their husbands to feel okay about going and spending time with an older mentor. Because otherwise, I mean, you could do it during the lunch hour at work, maybe. But let's be honest. I mean, the reality is you probably need to meet. A lot of times it time. happens six in the morning, super early. Uh, you get off a little early. You meet with somebody over lunch or, or yeah, definitely have to do it during family time sometimes. Mm -hmm. And again, men, you need to ask. Okay. You need to ask and, you need to, and then once you have that relationship, you need to give permission, which Andrew was talking about, for that person to hold you accountable and ask you any question and tell them that you'll answer honestly. That includes things about pornography. That includes about what you look at with your eyes. That includes accuracy of, you know, are you reading your word? Right. Even having integrity regarding finances and how you're making business decisions. All of it. All of it needs to be it's it's nothing is off limits is the point, yeah. right? Like even being able to say, hey, I've been having a hard time with X, Y, and Z in my marriage. Will you continue to ask me about this, right? It's not yeah. just like the typical things that most people would ask for accountability on. You need to be transparent and say what you've struggled with and say, will you ask me about this? And right? ask me anything. If you don't give that specific permission, mm -hmm. 
the mentor might be hesitant to dig in deep. Right. So that's super important. And right. so the final tip is areas of focus. Well, okay. obviously studying the Bible is key. Right. So that's actually one of the first things. I mean, it's talking in First Timothy here about speaking the things which are proper sound doctrine. So yeah. clearly being able to go through the Bible, discipling is being able is um Christian living from a biblical perspective. So everything should be constantly going back to the word of God. And some older people might not feel equipped to actually be able to do that. They may not have the Bible memorized as well as they would like, but I would just say you need to be patient with one another. And this is yes. a good challenge for the older people to grow in that as you're desiring it from And them. it's never too late to learn the Bible. And no. so, and you don't need to have a single thing memorized. And actually, you can listen to it now. There's so yeah. many resources that you can you, use to study the Bible today. There's really no excuse. Go Google what you're looking for and then look it we up. We just said Google. That's so funny. <laughs> if you okay. have to, right? Yeah. But so it says sound doctrine, other areas of focus. So for the women, I'll just cover the women really quick and then you can talk about men. But it says here that the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. So do you think since it's saying that the older women are to not be slanderers, that they if they're mentoring a younger woman that's slandering her husband, for example, that it might be wise and appropriate for that older woman to hold the younger woman accountable to slandering her husband. 100%, yes. Mm -hmm. So even though it's giving you a character qualification list here of what to look for in an older woman, the reality is, is you're looking for that, but you're going to be held accountable to be that yourself, mm -hmm. actually, right? Because the whole point is that the older women would be living this life, right? as vulnerable as possible in humility. Yes, they're human and they're going to screw up, but they're trying to live biblically. Mm -hmm. And they're teaching the younger women to do that so that they then can become Titus to women. Mm. Like that's the whole point is that they would rise up and they would be able to be living this life also so that yeah. they can teach the next generation. And one of this is that they're reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Right, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands. Here it is: love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, mm -hmm. chaste, homemakers. So all things homemaking related. We're talking about topics regarding cleaning, mm -hmm. canning, gardening, um, meal preparation, how to train children, how to organize your home, homeschooling. Um, me doctor, mom, medicine type stuff, health and wellness type of stuff. All of these topics fall under homemaking, right? And to the men, it's a pattern of good works, doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, right? And it's also all of these other things, right? Sound and faith and love and patience and being sober-minded and so forth. What's interesting about these lists, you guys need to go back and you need to read them because like, for example, what we were saying is the older women are supposed to be living this. The older men are supposed to be living this because you cannot preach what you are not living. That's right. You can't, Did you hear that? You cannot preach what you are not living. Well, you can, but you're a hypocrite. You would be a, hip a Pharisee, Yeah, actually. Now, here's so, the important thing on that. You can teach what the Bible says and admit that I am struggling with this too and trying to work right. on it. You don't have to be perfect you don't have to, to be, be perfect. teaching and that's something. Okay thing. Right. But you shouldn't be like blatantly walking in sin right. in an area of your life and expecting other people to do it and not be trying to grow mm -hmm. and change in a humble heart posture, right. right? That's like people trying to teach something that they're not actually doing themselves 
it's not appropriate. Right. Not right? trying not, to grow in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there is a list here in, in cha- Titus chapter two, the qualifications for being an elder are in chapter one. We encourage you guys to go back and look at those. But just some highlights that we want to encourage you with is to be striving to be that older person. Yeah. We should always be desiring that, right, Isaac? We should desire the characteristics that the Bible's talking about of people who exemplify godly living in our leaders. Does that mean everybody should be an elder? No. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're saying, But hey, should you be what striving is- to have the qualifications <coughs> of yeah. an elder? And so yes. maybe we have the wrong benchmarks. And this goes against the comfort grain of things, yeah. right? To ask somebody, because what are you asking for? You're literally asking somebody to tell you the what tough to things, do sometimes, what to do actually, and that goes yeah. against your flesh. Right. And the, I guess, yeah, it's going to go against the comfort, but it's going to lead to fruitfulness. So and why is this on a parenting podcast? Well, because it affects your parenting massively. Big it affects time. your legacy. Who you allow to influence you will impact your legacies. And a lot of times people don't realize this, but they books blogs podcasts anything online is a virtual mentor yeah it is a virtual mentor and it can be good yeah but like you were saying it doesn't replace the in real life it should be additive i think one of the things that even in business the guys you'll you might relate to this some of the women might too uh which is i've always had this saying in my head which is take very very few opinions but definitely take the right few. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to give their opinion. Advice is coming out from all directions, uh, free information and so forth. And we need to be super mm-hmm. selective on who we learn from. If, In fact, if somebody stands for something that I'm opposed to, I'm not going to read their material. Right, or ask them to mentor you. But the only way you can discern and rightly judge, I'm going to use that word judge because it's biblical to judge within the church. And if you, if a person is going to be telling you, giving you advice, giving you biblical counsel, the Bible says to walk in the counsel of the wise, yeah. not the wicked, right? So you actually, the best way to determine that is to evaluate their fruit, which means you have to judge the fruit. Yeah. And so do they have a marriage that you would like your marriage to follow after? Do they have, are there kids? Kids walking with the Lord. Do you if, can you honestly say that you really hope that your kids turn out like their kids? Yeah. And so what Isaac was saying earlier is that sometimes the older generation doesn't necessarily qualify on those two questions, actually, which is sad. And that's why God made this his design for his family, because this is accountability for the older generation too, right? Yeah. Because they need to be pursuing living this way. They actually need to. And can you learn from someone who's made a lot of mistakes? For sure. But they just need to be in a humble posture. And we all need to be careful not to put people on a pedestal and not ask people to be our mentor just because we think that they're too busy or they're too big. That's just too lofty for us I mean, don't not ask them because they're way out there. Right. And don't ask them for the wrong reasons like, oh, they're cool. Oh, they... They're pretty. Oh, they're the pastor's wife or whatever. I mean, you guys, this is where prayer comes in. Yeah. And a heart of going, Lord, who is it that you want me to be connecting with? Because this isn't a one-time meet and disciple type of thing. This isn't a once a month necessarily type of thing. This is a, I'm going to invest in a relationship with an older person in my life. I'm going to give them permission to speak into the areas of my life. I'm going to give them an invite to watch 
how I interact with my kids and my husband and to be able to speak into my life and correct me when I'm not living biblically. That's what this is. Yeah. Because we all want to be growing and that's not really going to happen without exhortation. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.